some clips of Hillary on Colbert last night. She sure is making the rounds. Yeah. I mean, I realize she's got a book out, but that's the, she does. That's the she and her daughter do. But oh, that's the good. reason they always make the rounds is they put out a, some sort of book or something um, early on in candidacies. That's that's a common way to do it. And uh, she, I mean, I mean, how can how can you not at least think there's something to listening to her? All these different shows. All these different quotes about the news of the day, particularly focused on Trump and what he's done wrong. Right. Brian in Freattle actually wrote us a note this morning saying, look, they're going to lose this shift debacle again. Biden bobs and weaves, but he can't quite shake the improper VP snafu in Ukraine with his son. And then, you know, the other candidates are way left. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, boom, they announce Hillary will run if, as his VP if he's nominated, or then maybe even the I president. Can't, I can't think like a Democrat, but, Sean, is there, would there be any hunger for Hillary out there if she... I would fist fight a mongoose. <laughs> well, you personally, not you. We're you asking you to look at you, your brethren. But uh, just uh, the, not the that tr- I can sense. Yeah, I don't sense it either. The, I, I get what? I get much more of a sense that everybody's still somewhat mad that she lost to him in the first place than anything else. Well, that was but, misogyny, but, but, and right. the Russians, but not a. She should try it again. No, not there. There's very few. She was screwed, and she needs a fair shot this time. Yeah, I don't hear yeah. that rally cry a lot. Yeah, well, that's good. Speaking of making the rounds, kind of uh, Bill Maher, who was on his show the other night and said some interesting things, and then he's got an interview uh, in the New York Times that I took some of the highlights from, in which he's he's making some really interesting arguments about where the nation is in terms of political correctness and that sort of thing. Yeah, well, uh, God bless him for his intellectual honesty because he angers his own political side of things a lot. And and we mentioned this late in the show yesterday, but we thought it was worth sharing it with you, the early risers, the real coffee achievers, the go-goers. I I mentioned that I've known guys in my life who try to get with women. They try to curry favor with women by saying the, oh, men are so dumb. Women should be in charge. Men are so stupid. And it, oh, my God, it is so humiliating. And I feel bad for them because they think that's a good strategy. But they're just, they're, they're humiliating themselves. And any woman who would get with a man who's like that, uh, well, you're not a woman I'd like to get with. You're all just sick. Um, and, and likewise, the whole self-hating white thing that's become popular now, it's the same thing. You don't know how pathetic you look. You're trying so hard. You're debasing yourselves. Um, and, and we can discuss it a little more after we hear what uh, uh, little Bill Maher had to say. Why do I continue to mention his height? I don't know. What am I over here? Some sort of heightist? I'm, I'm 5'10", like I'm some sort of giant. I, I apologize, ladies and gentlemen. It's beneath me, and there's very little that's beneath me. But here's, uh, here's what Bill Maher said about that phenomenon. There is a <laughs> weird self-loathing going on among white liberals, and it's not helping anyone lifting up. Those whose society has cheated or forsaken, that's liberalism. Hating all things white is just tedious virtue signaling. The answer to mass incarceration is to stop putting undeserving blacks in prison, not to put more white people in Twitter jail. (laughs) Twitter jail, that's a good one. Every thought needs a disclaimer now. The other day I heard a guy say, I realize I'm only speaking as a white male, and I acknowledge our tragic history of oppression, uh, but you left your lights on. (laughs) 
That's good. That is good. Go on, Bill. You meet black people and say things like, Black Panther was so meaningful to me. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't a cultural milestone for you. I have taken an informal sampling among some black folks I know, and the consensus seems to be awareness, yes, is great. White people certainly should acknowledge they've had an easier go of it. But black folks are not asking whites to always be flagellating themselves because it makes everything awkward. It puts the burden on black people to absolve you. It's really, it's, it's, it's really asking black people to again do something for you. Forgive me, absolve me, recognize that I'm one of the good white people. I think it's worth pointing out all of the whoops and applause there among Bill, Bill Maher's notoriously lefty audience. Yeah, he mentions in the New York Times article, he said, my audience is not where most Democrats or liberals are in the country, and people need to recognize that. And he said that's part of who he's talking to is the rest of the country. His audience mostly, usually, hates it when he strays away from anything that's not what he's criticizing, actually. Which amplifies my point. If his audience is that far left that they're left of most Democrats in the country and they're whooping and hollering when he calls out that self-flagellating white guilt thing, that is the that. Well, that shows you who it is. It's like when we talk to college kids about the whole, uh, you know, speech police and and speech codes and the, the call out culture and the cancel culture. They say, yeah, that's a fairly small group of lunatics. Well, that shows you how small a group of lunatics you self-hating whites are. You're too far left for Bill Maher's audience. Go ahead. I think we have one more. I just want to say America has done a lot of good things and a lot of bad ones. And the number one bad one with no close second is racism. It's a sorry history and we're not done with it. And yet, black and white increasingly intermingle. We get to the finish line on race by just being with each other more. We don't need awkward. We need laughing with each other, finding out what's good about each other, befriending, intermarrying, enjoying somebody's company without thinking every minute, I'm with a person of color. (laughs) You're with a person. That's it, right? That the woke There's a sweet home Alabama joke in there, but the woke intersectional crowd would be screaming enraged at him for what he just said, with spit flying in his face. They utterly reject that view. So he went further on some of this stuff in the New York Times interview he did. He uh was talking about um how liberals protect people and PC people protect feelings. They don't do anything. They're pointing at other people who are somehow falling short of their standards, which could have changed three weeks ago. They're constantly moving the goalposts so that they can go, gotcha. For example, when I was growing up, the most liberal thing you could do is not see color. Well, that's wrong now. You see color always, so you can register your white privilege. But I grew up in the Martin Luther King era, judged by the content of your character, not the color of your skin. I still think that's the best way to do it. Yep. Um, How many times have you heard that here? Uh, and then the person that was interviewing him... Uh, said, how much fear is coming from comedians still adjusting the reality of there being a possible consequence for the material? You can still make whatever joke you want. The difference is that more people are calling you out if they find it offensive. And Bill Maher said to him, that's naive. You can make that joke if you don't mind giving up your career or being fired. Come on, the politically correct people are not concerned about social justice. They care about putting scalps on the wall. 
Liam Neeson, remember that? That that remember the Liam Neeson yeah. story where he talked about he got so angry about uh, what was the what his was sister it? was raped, I believe. Yeah, and he went looking for a, a black guy to beat down with a club. Um, they care about putting scalps in the wall. Liam Neeson, remember that? Are we at this place where we can't admit that we've ever had bad thoughts and gotten over them and become a better person? You can't judge today by yesterday. We evolve. Um, the uh, and then the review the interviewer said. I don't know if I agree with that. The controversy around him was a story for a day, and then the world moved on. His career is fine now, isn't it? Bill Maher said. The world doesn't move on for Megyn Kelly and Roseanne and Aziz Ansari. He had to fly below the radar for a year. I think you're downplaying how serious this stuff is. We live in an age where people want to cancel other people and disappear them. Who's going to be left? Right. Right. That's good stuff. Well, you pair that viciousness with the idea that you need to answer for some ancestor of yours 160 years ago, or 200 years ago, or 350 years ago. I mean, that's that's a bizarre notion. And what you know, as if maybe your uh, your forebear was some sort of hero. Should you be getting a commission or something? I just. It doesn't make any sense. It's it's bizarre. I take neither credit nor blame for what my you know dirt poor Irish immigrant great uh, great 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 grandparents were doing. How the hell would I? It's just it's an idiotic notion. And as I pointed out yesterday, you got Barack Obama. His mom's family owned slaves. His dad's family. Well, his dad was an African, not an African American, an African African. And so where's he on this? What, does he get credit or blame? Does he have to whip himself? What did, uh, I'm confused. So a couple of years ago, you might remember Bill Maher did a joke where he used the N-word. Um, and that became a giant controversy. Ah, yes. Yeah, I do. And uh, and he was asked about that by uh, the New York Times. And he said, I'm not going to discuss that with you. He said, I know you're trying to get me to discuss it, but I'm not going to. And he goes on. He says, I'm saving an in-depth discussion for my memoirs. If I were living in a country that could handle nuance, I'd be happy to talk about it. We're no longer in that country. There's no winning here. You're going to have to read my memoirs. We live in an era where I don't think people's main focus is the truth or sussing out something valuable or teachable. Right. We live in a time which people are more concerned with scalps and clicks. And then he goes on and says, I saw this headline, which I didn't. The only reason to bring this up so we get the story on. I saw this headline, Mario Lopez Apologies, Apologizes. It was this groveling apology to the LGBTQ community. You know what the problem was? They asked Mario Lopez about this trend in Hollywood of letting your three-year-old decide their gender, and Mario Lopez said, maybe three's a little young. Oh, what a monster! Right. <laughs> oh, right. my God. And he had to apologize for that. You know what? The, the number one priority among Puritan communities and fundamentalists is calling out others to show how virtuous, how pious you are. It goes back through history, and it's going on right now. Reject that, and don't be cowed by it if you can help it. That's all they're doing. They're not right. In fact, they're 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 often you know 180 degrees from right. They're just vicious because they want to be known as the most pious among them. So partly because you know they get into these cultures where their fellows, their brethren, are they can't wait to turn on each other and slit throats. So they're all terrified. they got to be the most fundamentalist among them. Screw them all. As he said, the standard changed three weeks ago. Well, that's important. That's important to the thing, because that's the only way you can keep people on their toes and gain an advantage. Um, What's going on in China? Latest wrinkle on impeachment, if there is one. Why you need to take micro breaks. That's the hot new thing. Micro breaks. All on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. 
Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. A member of Celine Dion's crew was electrocuted during setup for her show. It wasn't a technical glitch. He just asked how old she was. <laughs> and they electrocuted him. Um, That's uh, an odd joke. Someone joke did not work for me. Someone has been shot in Hong Kong with live ammo, they believe. That's the first time that's happened in 13 weeks of protests. By so, the authorities. By, the, by authorities. the authorities. Yeah. Thought by the, shot by the Chinese government. And that's this on their 70th birthday party for the Chinese government, which is more communisty now than it's been geez, since Mao was walking around. Um, and why did Michael Bloomberg, Bloomberg say nice things about Xi in China yesterday? I now have figured that out. Okay. I didn't figure it out on my own. I read an article. He's a commie lover. But uh, so that on the way in a little bit. Oh, and speaking of people getting shot, which brings Chicago to mind, the mayor of Chicago with some truly Looney Tunes statements, as America's blue cities veer into crazy town. I binged on coffee uh, uh, cookie dough last night and feel like I'm going to throw up still. Still? Yeah. Wow. That's how much cookie dough I ate last night. Wow. Just I'm not proud of it. Maybe the eggs in there are funky. Oh, somebody said, you know, you can get worms from uh, eating raw cookie dough. Mm. Shut up, is what I say. You can get worms for a lot of things. You know who likes raw cookie dough? Everybody. I uh, I got this one buddy who, who, anytime sushi comes up, says, oh, you can get worms yeah. from there. Have you, have you spent any time on the western coast of California? There's a sushi joint every 45 feet. There aren't that many people walking around doubled over groaning the worms, the worms. I don't think it's that big a deal. <laughs> so micro breaks. You need to take them. What are they? How to do it? I'm Joe Getty. I'll tell you one thing. The idea that that there is such a thing as multitasking is thoroughly disproved, right? I mean, you can't multitask. You're doing two things poorly. You're switching back and forth rapidly, perhaps, but you're half-arsing both of them. Yep. I've tried, tried, tried to convince myself of that. Recognizing and, and that has been a help for me. You're not actually multitasking. You're just uh, paying attention to your phone now, paying attention to your son now. You're not doing both at the same time. Right, right. Um, and, and I think that's worth keeping in mind when you talk about micro breaks. And the idea, a micro break is any short break you take from your work during the day. Anything standing up to stretch and looking around for 30, 45 seconds to chatting with a coworker for two minutes, even going to grab a coffee, that sort of thing. Um, and they make the point there are already enough distractions pulling at your attention each day, so why purposely add more? Well, they make the point that it refocuses your your mental and physical energy. It's just it's a really good idea, and there's was, no need to drone on for paragraphs like they do here. I was trying to get my son to do that the other day. He was doing his math homework, and I said, get up and walk around a little bit. Go ride your bike for one minute and come back and sit back down, and you never know. The problem might be easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, but I think... You have to understand that you can't be taking micro micro breaks constantly to look at email or whatever. You got to discipline yourself. I'm doing this and then take breaks. It's one or the other. 
but they recommend mm. that uh, you know you stand up and, and walk around that sort of thing. Also, the twenty 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 exercise. Are you hip to this? No, I do this myself. I love this. Um, when you're working on a computer, especially on a screen, every twenty minutes, look up and look at something twenty feet away or more for twenty seconds. Because if you hold your eyes at then a have, single... Then have 20 spoonfuls of cookie dough. Oh, boy. Um, if you keep your eyes, because your eyes are, you know, the, the focus is through muscles. If you keep them fixed on a single point of focus for more than that time, they become really fatigued. So look at different areas of focus every 20 minutes or so. Hmm. Discipline yourself. It's a good idea. And practice breathing exercises. <laughs> That's exactly right. Breathe like rapidly that. through your mouth like a hungry dog. <laughs> uh, sit somewhere comfortable with a straight back. Everybody is straight back. If you're driving straight That's back. The, That's the hardest thing. I'm me. kind of a hunch guy. Close your eyes, even if you're driving. Go along with this. <laughs> and begin breathing through your nose. Inhale for a count of two. Hold your breath for a count of one. <laughs> Exhale gently through your mouth for a count of four. You didn't wait for instructions. Mm. Then finish by holding your breath for one second, then repeat. (laughs) Fantastic. I think we help people today. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, the Hong Kong protests turn ugly, very ugly. Biden and Ukraine connections coming up, and Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg going after one of the leading Democratic presidential candidates. Oh. Apparently, taking micro breaks throughout the day is something they call in, uh, like, Buddhist circles, the pomo- Pomodoro Technique. It's I know. I was, a, I'd heard it somewhere before. It's been around yeah. for I've centuries. i Pomodoro. It's been around for centuries, so it's just a good idea. Okay. Low breaks. All right. Throughout the day. Keep you sharp. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, I tell you, things are taking a turn for the worse in Hong Kong, where police say a pro-democracy protester was shot in the chest by an officer with a live round during the ongoing street clashes today. Tens of thousands marching in a day of rage as communist leaders in Beijing celebrated their 70 years in power. Gathering in Tiananmen Square, awash now with lights for the celebration of those 70 years with a smiling President Xi looking on. There was music, there were dancers, and all kinds of smiles all around. Of course, the evening celebration followed a daytime parade in which China showcased its military and its achievements since the Communist Party came to power. Those sounded a lot more threatening. So you have thousands. China of is asshole. Yeah, I'm into that. Their brother. economic achievements are the greatest in world history. They're mm-hmm. the most amazing thing that's ever happened in terms of numbers of people being risen from, uh, I mean, super poverty, barely being able to survive, to full-on middle class in the world. Hundreds of millions of people. It's absolutely incredible. Of course, it was aided by the Western world and the United States by giving them all these financial breaks. It was practically exclusively for that reason. To the extent that they abandoned communism, they were successful. Yeah, it wouldn't have happened otherwise without us giving the break, which uh, Trump's trying to end right now. And uh, we thought maybe that would bring them into the fold of uh, the good side of the world, but they're not. They're on the bad side of the world. They are an evil empire. They got a million people in gulags. 
They disappear people all the time. They've they've forced abortions on women, killing babies. I mean, it's just an awful, awful country. Yeah, but there's money to be made. And they want to spread that ideology around the world. They're expansionists. They believe that the Chinese way of life, the China dream, is what everybody should live. It's really awful. But have a nice parade with balloons and whatnot. Digging into possible Biden-Ukraine connections, there's a photo that was obtained by Fox News' Tucker Carlson showing the former vice president and his son Hunter golfing with Devin Archer, who served on the board of that Ukrainian natural gas company with Hunter. Earlier this month, Biden, Joe Biden, was asked by Fox if he ever discussed his son's foreign business dealings with him. I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. I know Trump deserves to be investigated. He is violating every basic norm of a president. Now, uh, I disagree. He, he works out of the Oval Office, for instance. That's a norm of the presidency. He hasn't violated that one. <laughs> Not so, every single norm. So He uh, wears Hunter, a suit and tie. That's a norm. Hunter Biden has uh, disagreed with that. He says, yeah, we talked about it once or twice. Yes. And listen, is it possible old Uncle Joe played golf with his son and a fellow Gazprom board member? And he was in charge of Ukrainian uh, outreach, and and they never talked business? Yeah, that's possible. I've played rounds of golf with guys and never discussed their businesses. But it looks a little odd. Yeah, so I haven't... I don't think I'm across any pundit, left or right. Even your Democratic pundits believe that no matter how this impeachment thing turns out, if you just focus on the Democratic race to be the nominee, Mm -hmm. this is not a good thing for Joe Biden. You know, I invested in PredictIt.org. I was talking about that for a while. I was testing my prognosticating abilities, picking which Democrat candidates were on the rise, which were on the, you know, on the on the wane. And uh, I lost my ass on Kamala Harris. Um, I lost a lot of money on her. Partly, this is why I don't day trade anymore. I forget about it for weeks at a time. <laughs> <laughs> and I never check back, and I just I get involved in other things, and I think, oh, do I still have Netflix stock? Oh, hell, I got a lot of Netflix stock. I'm a, I'm a day trader who checks his account once a month. <laughs> right, exactly. So, man, I got murdered on Kamala Harris. I bought her at, I think, might have been 21 cents a share. She's at four cents a oh, share now. No. <laughs> Sounds about accurate. I bought I bought some Liz Warren at like 18 cents a share. She's now 47. Wow. So I've done pretty well on her, but I had hundreds of shares of Kamala stock. At Joe Biden, interestingly enough, and this is many, 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 many thousands of people looking at the race and betting their actual money on what they think is going to happen. Liz Warren's 47 cents a share. Biden's 24. Those of you not gifted at math, that's about half. Bernie Sanders a dime. Andrew Yang's at 11 cents because people anticipate his stock might rise a little bit. Um, but, yeah, Liz Warren is, is clearly dominating this little trade. The thing to know, I wish more this people... a little exchange, I should say. The thing I wish more people recognized about the Biden, Hunter Biden, Ukraine story is this, this is not an aberration or anything. It is the opposite. It is the most common thing that goes on in politics. Oh, of course. Is your wife, your kids, your brother, whatever, end up with these cush jobs making lots of money for no particular reason. Uh, Obama's wife on the board of the hospital. I mean, these kind of things happen all the time. It's just the way politics works. That's how you end up rich. Why do you think all these people go into government that you know what their salary is? They're making $80,000 a year, $150,000 a year, and they leave millionaires. 
because their 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 husband or wife or kids or whoever right. end up with these kind of jobs. Yes, right. yes, yes. My wife is director of community outreach, and it happens that uh, I funnel one hundred eighty thousand dollars a year in uh, campaign contributions to her. Did I say funnel? Uh, one final thought on the predicted.org thing. You know what I was guilty of? And, and God, it's astounding. It just shows you there's always room for personal growth. I listen to the conventional wisdom over my friends because I have a number of friends who worked with Kamala Harris. And they said, no, Joe, she's a dope. And I said, there's no way she's a dope. She didn't strike no, me as she, a dope. Meh, meh. She a dope? <laughs> Her... Instincts and common sense are not great. Oh, that I believe. I absolutely believe yeah, that. Yeah, she's that kind of dope. Yeah. I mean, she's not like low IQ. She just does not have very good instincts. Um, and I, sh- if I'd listened, and, and you know what? I'm think- I shouldn't name them. I definitely should not name them. Uh, but I'm thinking of a couple of fellas in particular. If I'd listened to you, I would not have lost my hiney. <laughs> Meanwhile, NBC is reporting a drop in viewership for the 45th season premiere of Saturday Night Live. In the first episode of the new season, the show saw a 30% drop in viewers between 18 and 49 compared to last year's season opener. 30% drop? Yes. I have a very strong feeling about 30% of would-be viewers saw that open with Alec Baldwin and said, Alex Baldwin. I'm out. Yep. It also had a 15% drop overall in viewers compared to 2018. That's really astounding. If you have a 30% drop in your opening of anything, you you take a hard look at yourself. Yeah, now tell me this. How much of that has to do with people watching the videos online, doing what I did? I just watched individual sketches, and I think I watched six of them. So I got a pretty good sense of the show. There you go. That's your I news. live on the West Coast where it's on at 8.30, so it's awesome. So it's easy to watch uh, when, it, when it happens. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Um, huh. I wonder if uh, how much Lorne Michaels pays attention to the ratings, 30% drop, and if he thinks, yeah, maybe Baldwin uh, Trump is not uh, our horse to ride this year. Not, not that we know that that's the reason there was a drop. That had to be a factor. God, I'd be shocked if it wasn't. Of course, you know, it's the era of micro-audiences where you target just a specific sort of people. Maybe they've decided we're just going to go lefty. Although the rest of the show would not tend to indicate that. It's just You get in your ideological bubbles, and you could easily assume, listen, Trump is a buffoon. He's nothing but a buffoon. There's no defending him. Nobody likes him. So, yeah, there's no no downside to doing this. I, it's easy to get off track. You're a young, hip, creative person in Manhattan. Yeah, I can believe that. We're keeping our uh, eye on China. Got some more information about that on this, their 70th anniversary. How long will the Communist Party be around running China? I don't know. I hope for not another 70 years because that probably wouldn't be good for the world. It's really difficult for me to even imagine how that ends. I got a pretty good imagination. Uh, how the Chinese uh, Communist Party loses power. I mean, I could spin the yarn for you, but it's really, really unlikely. Um, but maybe more on that later. I don't know. I still feel sick. 
Um, I ate a lot of cookie dough last night. My wife made cookies, and I just I kept I kept going over there and getting a spoonful, and I I just I feel sick over it. But we're getting a lot. And this of is not from... young Sheldon, where we look at the childish yeah. Jack. This is current Jack. <laughs> this is grown up, knows better. Oh Jack. boy, <laughs> raising his own children, Jack. Yeah. Oh boy, very disappointing. <laughs> but a number of texts I'm getting for oh Jack, the health, the, the, the so many dangers to uh, shut up. Shut up. If I ever meet one person who got sick, other than from eating too much cookie dough, right. that'll be the first person, so quit acting like it's some sort of... He died of cookie dough poisoning. <laughs> it's a sick enough. I may have. You might have the salmonella. No. I got the eight five pounds of cookie dough. That's what I've got. Best, best to run a series of samples by Michael. We need everything. She got your Chicago? blood, saliva, stool. Michael, prepare. Get on your lab coat, Michael. All right. I don't know what you. I'll have your for. stool sample for you in moments. The mayor of Chicago is a crazy person. She's one of several running major American cities. Her latest idiotic pronouncement coming up in a moment. Okay, or two. Cool. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. First, please welcome guy who tragically misread our enthusiasm for him, Beto O'Rourke. <laughs> yeah, uh, thanks for still like having me around. This is rad. Uh, now, can I say a few words in eighth grade Spanish? We really don't have time for that. I thought that was funny. <clears throat> yeah. Can I say a few words in eighth grade Spanish? I liked Woody Harrelson as Biden. Uh, yeah, I like Woody Harrelson as everything. That's true. That's true. What have I ever not liked Woody Harrelson doing? Yeah, yeah. Have you, well, no. I'm asking a guy with two little kids, if, you, if you've watched uh, True Detective yet. No, I have not. That he's, oh, he's so good. I'll watch that with Sam this afternoon. I'm on to Mr. Mercedes. Right now. Okay. It's on some network or another. You search and they tell you where it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, the Beto thing. It's funny. It's a good joke. And it was good to see Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live taking shots at uh, Democrats as well, being somewhat even-handed. But did Beto tragically misread your enthusiasm? Or did you have tragically excessive enthusiasm mm. for a lightweight dope? Please. Beto, don't waste my time. Interesting note here from the good folks at Immigrations and Custom Enforcement. Hey, have you reached out to the the ICE guy we were going to talk to? I gave you that contact info. Okay. We're working on it. Okay, excellent. Yeah, a guy who is really, really in the know. Looking forward to chatting with him on the Armstrong and Getty Show. But anyway, um, ICE, across the country last week... From Colorado to Wyoming to New England arrested 443 illegal immigrants who had committed other crimes or are multiple immigration violators. We're talking drug dealers, rapists, wife beaters, armed robbers, uh, violent people of all sorts of stripes. Um Worth noting, let's see, North Texas and Oklahoma, they nabbed 49 illegals, 33 of whom had prior criminal histories. Um, 11 had no criminal history, uh, but were repeat violators. So we got sexual assault of a child, domestic violence, 
Um, DUIs all over the place, assault, burglaries, et cetera, et cetera. Southern Texas, 45. And again, more child rapists and, and the rest of it. I bring this up to set the stage for the mayor of Chicago, one Lori Lightfoot, who ran to the left of her lefty opponent in Chicago, the people who showed up to vote, chose the leftiest people they can find. And uh, they just recently passed a new rule in Chicago that makes it utterly clear that the cops will do nothing to help federal authorities, except if they get in a firefight or something, they might go help them out. And here's what she said. We will never, ever succumb to the racist, xenophobic rhetoric of ICE. And, of course, we know that we've hurt them and hurt their ability to do their job here in the city. But so be it. That's the point. Racist, xenophobic rhetoric of ICE. Right. So let's start with the idea that a mayor gets to declare we are going to be lawless and we're going to interfere with federal authorities. That's a hell of a notion. What if it were on the conservative side? We're not going to enforce any federal gun laws. We don't believe in that stuff. Would the mainstream media ignore Lori Lightfoot if she said that? Or would it be the only story you heard for the next six weeks? So you have wow, that's that. incredible. She's Plus, the mayor of Chicago. She is. So yeah. that, she's a radical. That fits into Bill the, Ayers thinks she ought to calm down. I like the topic of things that would still be true even if Trump wasn't president. Mm-hmm. So we get away from this idea that every, you know, if you believe this, and I don't, but if you believe, you know, if Trump wasn't president, we wouldn't have all this craziness. This whole divide between, I don't know if you want to call it rural America and urban America, or in my mind, regular America and crazy America, huh. but um, the, the certain blue enclaves that are just just running the country or have completely different views of things right? Yeah. Uh, than the rest of the country, that's not going to change when Trump's gone. And, and that'll still be true. And here's why it's so incredibly stupid on the street, what she said. I still has to round up child rapists who are in the country illegally. And if you were not in favor of that, I'm not sure where we can even begin a discussion because you're out of your mind. So ICE has to round up these murderers and wife beaters and child rapists and the rest of them. And the old practice was they would say to Chicago, hey, you've got, you know, Jose Jones, child rapist. He's an illegal, and we want him out of the country so he can't rape any more American children or the children of other immigrants. Can you hold him at the jail? We're going to come get him. And, of course, the Chicago authorities, who don't want child rapists about no matter where they came from, says, yeah, absolutely, we'll do that. Ice shows up the next day, picks up Jose Jones, and deports his child raping ass as far as away as we can get him. New practice is, and, and it's ushered in by the brave and moral leadership of that numbskull Lori Lightfoot, you still got to get the guy, so instill, instead of picking him up at the jail where he's in cuffs, you got to go find him on the street. You got to chase him. Sometimes you got to get into a shootout with him, and cops die, and bystanders die, and Jose Jones dies. And the law says... If you're pursuing old Jose and you run into other illegals or other, you know, some guy with a shoplifting record, you got to deport him, too. You got to grab him. So the effect is more violence, more dangerous to citizens and cops and even the illegals in question and more people round it up. 
Now, if you're soft on illegals, that's just triple stupid. And yet, because of the, the virtue-signaling fundamentalism of people like that the, the, the idiot, that's the practice in Chicago. San Francisco's almost as bad. There, there's part of me that has a little hope for San Francisco just because the, the, the uh, bomb and junkie explosion has gotten so terrible, pressure is building on the utopians to start recognizing reality and, and, you know, and, uh, and designing city policy to reflect reality and not just pie-in-the-sky notions. But, man, that was a hell of a thing for her to say. We're actively trying to interfere with the people who are getting illegal immigrant wife beaters and armed robbers off the street because they're racists. Tell you what, folks, it's that crazy, at least in some places. I can't believe um headline that we've mentioned earlier. I can't believe that they're now saying red meat is not bad for you. All that stuff we said about bacon and pork and hamburgers and steaks, it's, it's really not going to have any effect. Yeah, on sorry about stores. that. Anyway, so, uh, and all that uh, stuff about uh, you know the bottom of the food pyramid is all carbs, and you're supposed to take uh, most of that in and as much sugar as you want. Yeah, never mind on that, too. Yeah, sorry. Uh, um, sorry, bacon, bacon, butter, whatever. Eh, it's probably okay. If you get next hour, uh, there's a new poll out that's worth noticing about impeachment. There was a, a heck of a closing on Wall Street yesterday for where we are three-quarters of the way through the year, a record. It's the Trump economy. So much for the recession. Well, that's, wow. yeah. Uh, and we'll catch up on all that stuff. Yeah, there are a couple of impeachment notes that are getting a lot of play in the media that I would like to slap down. Aye. Like the point slapper I am. Fantastic. Fantastic.